And our next guest is... Mr. Freddie King. Yes. My goodness. This man, first of all, it was amazing to be part of the, the Blind Stigma documentary, but it was also amazing to see that we have a black man sharing his story and his journey mm-hmm. with mental health and mental illness. The stigma is strong in the black community. Very strong. Even stronger when it comes to black men sharing their vulnerability mm-hmm. and sharing their struggles and their path you know, struggling with mental illness or dealing Mm -hmm. with mental Mm -hmm. health and mental illness. So it was so refreshing to see Freddie King on this documentary. He is a proud father of two, and he has embodied his personal struggles to make sure that he motivates and empowers others. So he is using his life for his purpose. He's ensuring that, again, he is able to bring up others so that he is not the only one, the only man that's talking about Mm -hmm. this. He is now being able to empower others and lift them up as well. So we we have an amazing black man who is going to be also sharing what has been going on in his life following the Blind Stigma podca- uh, uh, podcast. I was going to say the Blind Stigma, Stigma documentary. documentary. Um, well, yeah, following the documentary. Right, yes, right, right, Following right, right. the documentary, documentary and now on the podcast. podcast. And, and let me tell you something about Freddie, man. Freddie, thank you. First of all, thank you. Because when I was doing this documentary, I reached out to a couple friends, black m- male friends, um, that I've known have gone through struggles. And none of them wanted to come on camera to talk about it because of that stigma and because you know the black man is supposed to be strong and your emotions and all of that you're not supposed to have that and i was so surprised when freddie said yes Mm. and i and i like to think of freddie as my little brother because he's best friends with my brother and for him to just come on board he was like 24 25 at the time and he's like yeah 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 i'm down I'm, i'm ready i'm ready to talk and i was like Wow, I was just so grateful for that. And and Freddie revolutionized this documentary too. Mm. Like he he was so bold and he was so open and he shared he shared with his heart open and he was just like, This is I'm not holding anything back. I am telling the audience what I've been through. And when you meet Freddie or if you are around Freddie and you're sharing space with Freddie and you hear Freddie speak, let me tell you something. Freddie is Freddie takes you to university. <laughs> takes you to class. No, Freddie, when Freddie speaks and he schools you, he wakes you up to reality. Mm. There is no hold backs when it comes to mental illness in the in the black community and to decolonize it and to destigmatize it and everything like that. Freddie tells you what it truly is and it's a and it's a history lesson. Mm. He's a walking history lesson. Nice. Nice. And he isn't afraid to share and empower That's right. people with that. And and let me tell you something. When you hear this young man speak, take your notebook, <laughs> get your pen. Not even your it's not even your phone because I don't want you to lose this notes. I don't want your phone to be stolen. I don't want your phone to be wiped. Get your notepad. Get a pen, a p- pen and paper, and take notes because you are going to school today mm. and you will pass with flying colors. Amen. Open up your mind Amen. to this. Man. Let's go, let's go. Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. 
This podcast aims to provide a safe space that explores mental health within the Black community, breaks down the stigmas attached while taking back our narratives. Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast. I'm your host. I am Dr. Natasha Williams. And I'm Stacey M. Buchanan. And today we have a very, 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 very special guest. We have Mr. Freddie King on the line today with us today. Hi, Freddie. Yes, how's it going? I'm Good. Happy to be here. Good. Thank you. We're honored to have you on the show. And we're just going to give our audience a little debrief. So the podcast is branched off from the documentary, The Blind Stigma. And Freddie was one of her guests on the podcast. He was one of the um, one of the guests that shared his journey. And not only just one of the guests, he was he is the only man black man to come on board and to share his journey with mental illness on the podcast. So we're very honored to have him, I mean, on the show, on the Uh, documentary, documentary. and we're very honored to have him today on the podcast. So again, Freddie, thank you so much for joining us. And it's so great to, um, to not only have you on, but let's also, you know, dive right in. Um, I'm Mm going to ask the first question. Um, so for people who may not have seen the documentary or may not know your story, could you briefly tell our audience your journey with mental health? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Where did I really begin? You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, I, I, I know it's a tough one because I know we can, you know, talk about the whole history and that kind of thing. What I would say is, you know, um, again, just, I guess, a, let's say a brief overview, maybe when you first noticed that you were struggling with um, with, a, with a mental illness and, and you know, just to give just a brief overview so that the audience, you know, gets a little bit of an understanding. Um, you know, I, I think, like, when it really hit me was, like, when I was incarcerated because, you know, you see a whole bunch of young brothers caught up in a system that's basically um, designed to to make them keep reoffending. That's you know, right. There, there's no correction. It's more of a cancellation system. You cancel out society. Oh. You know, we're not trying to help you reintegrate back into society. We're trying to hold you as long as possible mm-hmm. to feed the system. Right, right. And, you know, you see a lot of brothers that, you know, they their minds could have went so far, but they didn't have that type of nourishment or proper guidance or, or parenting. To get them there you know mm-hmm. what so they feel outcasted from society and they act in a malicious way but no one takes the time out to actually understand that individual and say what made that person act that way yeah you know what was his upbringing to push that person to get to that point of view Absolutely. and the same thing goes for me you know like no one ever took the time out to be like you know what's really going on in in, in king's mind like what what got him to that level, to that point where he feels like helpless and hopeless, you know? And, you know, from from me realizing that, you know, I had to pull myself out of the darkness and, and get back into the light mm-hmm. and, and realize, you know, there's, 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 there's trauma and there's pain, but when you come out of it, there, it, you know, you, you learn understanding and knowledge of mm. your situation and your circumstances. And you're able to speak up and, and speak out and help other people that are going through the same type of um, same type of pain. You know, a lot of black men suffer in silence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. You know what I mean, like 
a, a lot of people aren't willing to share their story because they're looked at as soft or, mm-hmm. you know, they could become food. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a real like uh dog eat dog world when it comes to black males, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are so eager to pull the trigger on each other, either verbally or physically, mm-hmm without, you know, trying to extend the arm out to, you know, help that brother, you know, see what that brother is going through. Right. And, right. you know, for me, I think that's one of the greatest problems in our society is we're so quick to cancel each other out without even speaking to one another mm-hmm. because, you know, the perception of what, of, you know, of what we think is reality can't always be reality, you know, that's and right. oftentimes it's not. You know, we lack the facts of what's going on and, you know, from there we act on emotions. That's right. Yes. That's right. That's true. I have a, I just have a quick question or two just as a follow up, just for our audience, just to give a bit of context. Could you sure. just could you just tell our audience what were you um, incarcerated for? And yeah. the next part of the question will be um, in particular um, in terms of, um, you know, mental health or mental illness. A, if you're diagnosed with anything, or B, what were some of your particular struggles? Okay, well, I was incarcerated for um, assault police, possession for the purpose, and uh, firearms dangerous. I did, uh, I was sentenced to three and a half years. Um, I got time served, did all my time in Toronto East Detention Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I came out, I was diagnosed with depression because you know, I was institutionalized. Thank you know, you, you, huh? you go from being in like what an eight by twelve or eight by four cell to like, you know, what I mean, to open society. Like it's mind boggling. You know, and without you're, you're any basically in, without any preparation like, either. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what I mean, and not only that, like you, the interacting with people were different. You oh, know, what this, I mean, yes. I come out of jail. I go in in 2008, come out in, no, yeah, I go in 2008, get out 2010 uh, in the summer, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, like, let me sign on to Facebook. No, not Facebook. It was MSN. <laughs> That's how much of a time gap I was in. You know what I mean? Like, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, nobody yeah. was online, so I'm like, <laughs> what the hell happened in the world? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then... I, 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 like, I remember it because it was close to, like, Curabana time. So I think I was, like, on Young Street at Queen Street, and I seen a beautiful licensed girl. And I'm going to, you know, chop her, get a number. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at me like, what's your pin? And I'm like, pin? <laughs> the hell are you talking about? Like, my inmate number? <laughs> like, what? Like, but I didn't know she was talking about BBM Messenger. You know oh what I mean? Like, these God. are the things I was like, I was like, what the hell? Like I, I would, I, like I got bagged right before, like or right after the first iPhone dropped. So oh. like BBM was like, I had oh, no shoot. clue what she was talking about. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah. You know what I mean? But like those little things, like I, yes. like I'm glad I could laugh about it now. But back right. then I was like, you just what? Like, what in the world is oh, gosh. this? <laughs> and I know I'm chuckling. I mean, I'm I'm glad we can all laugh. But yeah. my goodness, yeah, it, it's a it's a time warp because literally you you know time stood still if you think about it. Yeah, right. You yeah. had no idea what was going on during that time, right? So, so. no, a hundo. Like I didn't. You know what I mean? Like right? <laughs> it, 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 it's and and that to me is is like the hardest part because they put you out in the world and say, okay, now you're on two years probation and now you have to check in with your probation officer 
and get a job. And it's like, okay, how do I get a job with a record now? You know, how do I mm-hmm. prove to like, you know, because it's a setup for failure. You know, mm-hmm. you can't really leave your circumstances. And then on top of it, then they want you to get a job, right. but no job that you want is going to hire you with a criminal record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're basically forced back into the same circumstances that led you into prison anyway. Right. But for me, what helped me was volunteering, which is even more crazy because back then I'll be like, are you dumb? You want me to volunteer? Like, are you crazy? Like, work for free? Like, what am I, a slave? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was my mentality, right? Like, but, you know, believe it or not, like, that's what helped me reintegrate to society and, and make certain connections with the right people and the right folks that, you know, just wanted to see me do good after, like, carrying my circumstance and, and being like, you know, you don't seem like that type of person. It's like, I don't think anybody is that type of person, but I think sometimes, you know, being frustrated and unguided without like a, a real proper black role model will lead you to that type of lifestyle. Absolutely. 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 So, uh, you know what? I think this, uh, just the way that you just responded actually goes into, into our next, next question. question, which oh, is, okay. yeah, which is how has your life um, changed um, since the documentary came out? Oh man, um, I could say like it, it, it changed for the for the better. To be honest with you, um, like I I think for myself, um, just you know being a father and and having my my children see the documentary and and you know seeing daddy in a in a different light was was crazy, you know. And for me, like believe it or not, like you know p- people that canceled me out early when I got arrested and now seeing me on, on a big screen talking about the situation, you know, they're probably kicking themselves because they realize, <laughs> yo, like, you know, this brother was actually a really good brother. Like he didn't have any animosity towards any of the situation that he was endeavored in. Yes. And now he's willing to come out and, and speak on behalf of himself to help other people out, you know, which Absolutely. I feel, you know, a lot of us black males should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but we don't we don't get the platform. You feel me? Right. Like, right. So you know, it was it was definitely wonderful. You know, I'll, I'll be at Chuck E. Cheese with my family, and people be like, "Yo, I know you, man." <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> really? They're like, "Yo, you're in that documentary, bro." Yo, dog. Yo, what up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like. <laughs> I, I almost felt like E.T. the hip-hop preacher, you feel Yay! me? Like, yeah, but, like, you know, it, 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 it's a very humbling and wonder, wonderful feeling, you know, you yes. know, being able to help out um, the community and, you know, just be a voice for many of the brothers that don't or can't even find their voice and, you know, don't know how to express themselves without picking up a firearm. Mm, so, absolutely. you know, for, for me, yeah. like, that was just a wonderful moment in life you know amazing 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 Freddie I I just want to say like I I am I am so grateful I know I say it all the time for all the the brave souls that basically came on and to share this documentary and and particularly you because the the documentary the storytellers are dominated by women myself Mm -hmm. and three other women and Freddie was the only male that was brave enough to say of course it wasn't even a question. It was like, of course, yes, I'll talk about it. And and I, and I feel like, honestly, when a lot of black males saw Freddie share his story, 
it made them more comfortable mm-hmm. to come forward and share theirs. They're like, okay, the, the, this this man can do it. So he, we're, I'm not alone, right? Of course, I'm definitely not alone. So so Freddie for me was was that male's voice, mm-hmm. the one male voice in that documentary that 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 spoke a lot of volumes, like set like set the pace, right, 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 for other males to be like other black men to say, you know what. Okay, I I feel him. I understand. Sure. Like this, this is this is this isn't just happening happening to me. So I don't. I I know you probably feel the same way, Freddie. I know people probably if they message you, just felt like like you said, like felt like you you set the bar. You really did set the bar, and I and I thank you again. Oh, well, honestly, like I got to thank you because you you actually gave you know the voice of a hood a platform. You know, voice of the streets for the black mm. males are actually a, a big platform because. If you look at it today, with all the violence and, and police brutality that's going on, they don't ask somebody that looks like me to, to speak about it. Mm-hmm. They ask somebody that doesn't represent us in any way, shape, or form, which mm-hmm. to me, I think is foul. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. can't, you can't get somebody that doesn't represent the, the street or the culture of what's going on in the streets and been a victim or targeted by you know, police brutality to speak on it. Right. You, know, you need somebody from that true core that understands the ins and outs, that's been through the system and you know, that's still navigating through the system and, and realizes, okay, this is how we win. This is how we beat the system. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why we wanted this this podcast to to be that safe space. And our tagline is taking back our narratives. Of course. Claim it. This, this is our 100%. narrative. We don't want nobody else to be sharing our narrative. Exactly. Are you kidding me? Exactly. This is, a, this is why we created this. Well, if, we, no, if, and- we, if we're not in charge of our own narratives... We give that power to somebody else exactly. if you really think about it. Exactly. And, and then when they're telling our, when they're quote unquote telling our that's stories riddled with untruths and fallacies, mm-hmm. you know, that's where the problem lies. We have to be in charge of our own stories. We need to be our own storytellers. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So, Freddie, our next question is basically how can we change the stigma of mental health mental illness in our community um and that's a, that's a real one because uh right? <laughs> you know what i mean like we we, we got to just come out of this this canceling culture you feel me like mm. we got to actually you know be able to to see a brother before he gets to that stage of picking up a gun or even if he's at the stage of picking up the gun see his hurt you know, and, and just talk to the brothers, see, like, see what's going on with them. Because I could, I could tell you the, the amount of people I talked to in the, in the jail cell, they were open to talk to me. It's not because, oh, I was the king and I walked with my chest up. It wasn't nothing like that. I was the most humblest person in there. I didn't care what set anybody was from. I, I broke bread with anybody, hell's angels, triads, you name it. Like it, it, it wasn't nothing to me. But when it came to the brothers, like, I always told them, like, bro, you could have been so great. Like, why didn't you continue, like, writing stories? Like, you could have been the next Tyler Perry. Like, mm. the way that, you know what I mean? But most of these people dropped out of school in grade eight. Oh, you feel me? Like, th- this is the reality of the situation. So how do you tell a kid to the r- do right when there's a lock on the door? Right. Obviously, they're going to go left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it- it's like... The way I look at it is like you take a class picture, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And in this class picture that you're in, the first person you're going to look for is yourself, right? Right. Right. But if you don't see yourself in that picture, 
you don't think you belong. Oh my God. And that's where, and, and, and to me, like success was that picture. And when we look at the people who are successful, like doctors, lawyers, and judges, we don't see our, our, the people that look like us or talk like us or, you know, like we don't see ourselves represented right. in those pictures. So obviously we're going to go to, you know, sh- shooting a basketball, you know what I mean? Like running the track merit, like, mm-hmm. you know, things that are more physical than mental. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very yes. true. Very, yes. very Like, true. and that's the reality of it. But it's only when you really break down the core and the essence and realize, yo, we created everything. Literally, from the internet to the banking system to GPS navigation is all created by people that look like us. That's right. The toothbrush. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, so, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and, and that's why, you know, when you talk about a systemic issue, like, every system needs to change. You're right. It doesn't only, it doesn't only start by the police. And for me, it starts with the education system yes. oh, like start teaching us a, about all these you know european like thugs and and child molesters that <laughs> took you. every invention mm-hmm. from us mm-hmm. you know what i mean because like let's keep it funky like if we're going to keep it 100 this is what it is they yeah. were child molesters they're rapists and they were savages right. you don't come to another place where people welcome you with open hand and then you give them smallpox rape their women burn them alive oh, and then call right. them uh, like the n-word or, or indian hey, givers like you know what hey, i mean like let's just keep it funky hey, like, yes <laughs> preach yes. a good word preach Freddy. it preach, Freddy. A good preach word. it <laughs> preach it like it, 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 it's it's absurd to me and right. then you you want to steal other people's invention and then make up a word called plagiarism right <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know what i mean and then when a, a black person's writing an essay that you think they couldn't write you say oh they must have plagiarized Rise it, it. Mm-hmm. Who, who get, you know what I mean? Like, we all see the, the nonsense that's going on. Yeah. Like, we all see it. This is not nothing new. We all had teachers that said, oh, why don't you try applied instead of academic? Mm-hmm. You know, I think academic's too challenging for you. The world's challenging. That, yes. That's the reality of it. The right. world's challenging. You want yes. something great out of life? You have to be challenged. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a cupcake society. Jeez. Only the strong really survive. And if you're strong-minded enough, then you will prevail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what they should be teaching our kids. Not, yes. oh, if you don't feel like doing it, it's okay. No, it's not okay, B. <laughs> like, it's not. Yeah. Like, if you if you go in, if you go into the doctor's for a stomach surgery and you leave with your leg amputated, does that seem okay to you? Right. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like, like, the same way you want to win in the books is the same way you want to win in life. That's right. Like, that should be the main focus. Yes. My God, Freddie, that is Freddy, a, that's our true preaching gosh. of a word this afternoon. It is a word that we need, that our audience needs. Well, you know what? I, if I could summarize what you've just said, when we talk about mm. change and stigma, obviously this whole canceling culture is one thing, but if we're going to really dive deep, mm-hmm. it is a systemic change. Exactly. It is 100%. systems, uh, not system, systems yes. within this racist system. Yes. Right. Like that. That's the thing. And you have to start from, you know, education to, you know, you know how we've been indoctrinated with all of this, with mm-hmm. all of this foolishness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some serious rewiring that we have to do. Oh, my God. That gosh. has to be done oh because the colonial mindset, it runs rampant. Mm-hmm. in our community oh, 100%. And, and that colonial mindset is literally what's killing us you mm-hmm. know today well, so it, like it, it's true you know what i mean like 
and for me, it's like if if I'm saying okay, this needs to change, and I'm gonna do everything in my power to go about that change. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. I'm a I'm a join like you know uh, a committee that you know is is run by police officers and tell them, listen, the way you guys been running is garbage. Mm-hmm. Like you guys been doing this all wrong. Mm-hmm. Like how do you expect for you to arrest somebody, them to wait trial for two years, get convicted, then do two years on top probation? Then wait ten years for a pardon. That's what a sixteen-year sentence. Are you guys nuts, man? Right. <laughs> like, right. like, what do you expect the person to do? Exactly. exactly. Other than possibly, like, possibly just go back to the lifestyle that they had, exactly. you know, they had gone that, exactly. that they dealt with before to get reincarcerated. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. And for me, like this, this should be on the policymakers mm-hmm. because these are the people that are orchestrating these foolish laws that are telling the police to go and implement. Mm -hmm. Like, this is ludicrous. Mm -hmm. You can't tell me that you want, you know, to change society when we clearly see that, you know, back in the day, when you get caught with a spliff, you go to jail. But now it's like, oh, it it, it was, you know, uh, what what word do they call it? Like a mental health issue, an addiction. Mm -hmm. An addiction was a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. But when black people were getting locked up, no, 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 they were ultra thugs or super criminal right. you know what i mean like right. how does the narrative change from black to white mm-hmm. like, exactly something exactly you know what i mean exactly. like exactly exactly oh freddie man thank you for the words that you've been just dropping just this whole sermon it's a whole sermon <laughs> no it's true and <laughs> no, and, and, right. and, and, and right. it is and it is reality and that's why like i said this space was created this space was absolutely created Freddie, I don't, I don't want to cut what you're saying. I appreciate what you're saying, but we have a, a last question that we want to ask you, and this is this is the part of the show that we like to call the fun part of the show. Um, I mean, everything is fun. Yay. Everything is fun. This is the fun question. This is the question that just like, uh, I hope you're ready for it, Freddie. And and it goes like this. First, I'm going to give you a little backstory on this question. I was mm-hmm. at the water cooler at work one day, and I saw a note that said take one thing for your mental health. And it's kind of like when people used to put up numbers, like saying, I can be your babysitter, just call this number. And it was sliced. Like the number was repeated and it was like a little cutout. You could just tear it off. And there were different words that people could take for their mental health. So I've incorporated into this part of the podcast where I would like to ask uh, the guests, what is one word, just one word that you can use to summarize your journey with mental health? Oh man! <laughs> oh, just one, one word. word. Yes. I would say perception. Mm. Mm. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Sorry, you need to elaborate on Ooh. that one for me, please. Perception. Um, the, the reason I, I say perception is because I, I feel like, you know, everything is perception in, in this world. You mm. know, and. Without the facts, perception is not always reality. That's very you know, true. Somebody, somebody that lives in a ghetto in, in, in Nigeria that comes to the ghetto here, the perception is, man, I'm in Hollywood. I made it. You know what I mean? Right. Because what they didn't have, we often take for granted. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like clean drinking water. Right. You know, access to, to things at the touch of our hands. Mm-hmm. So I often feel like my struggle was more perception. You know, I was looking at what other people had instead of realizing that, you know, the, realizing the beauty in what I had, mm. you know, 
and being thankful for what I had and, and going stronger and harder for what I wanted. Mm. You know, I, I think uh, the greed of me wanting more <laughs> without knowing the real ways of going about it is what made me uh, get caught up in the system or get caught up in peop- with people I thought that were really my homies and they're really jealous of the situation I was in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I often feel like it's perception, you know. Okay. You could have a glass of water that's half full, but somebody's like, this is half empty. Right. Yes. <laughs> you feel right. Me? So- no, it's true. My God. I love that. On that note. On that Freddy. note, Freddie. King. Have, yes. King. 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 <laughs> love you and appreciate you. Thank yes. you so, so Thank much you. for what you are doing. And please know that you are an absolute blessing in our community. Your voice is healing people. Okay. What you say, what you do, just just your presence is healing. And please keep on doing what you're doing. We so thoroughly, thoroughly, and the community loves you for it. And we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Freddie. You've reached the end of another episode of the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener and you like the show, then please subscribe, rate, and review us on all the major podcast platforms. Don't forget to connect with us on social media at The Blind Stigma and join the conversation. Find out more about each guest and help us to change the stigma while taking back our narratives. This podcast is produced by What's Up Toronto and Stacey Ann Buchanan Productions.